If you're looking for industry insider knowledge or seeking advice on the hottest prospects and rookies, if your goal is a better return on investment, these next 30 minutes will not help with any of that. We're going to talk cards. We're going to talk about life. We're going to share some laughs. And we're most definitely going to wax nostalgic. Coming to you from the Why I Collect Studios in the Rod Carew Man Cave, deep in the bowels of the EN Sports Cards Estate, in the heart of Louisville, Kentucky. Broadcasting around the world. So put that junk wax binder down and your headphones on. You're listening to the People Over Cards Podcast with your host, Che. A Heart of the Hobby production. Welcome, my friends. I'm your host, Che, from ensportscards.com, and you're listening to the People Over Cards podcast. Happy Monday. It's June 12th, 2023, and welcome to Episode 4 of People Over Cards. My guest today is the National MLB writer for the Sporting News and has been a Baseball Hall of Fame voter since 2016 and, according to his Sporting News bio, has way too many junk wax baseball cards. (laughs) I don't know if I agree with that. I don't know if you can have too too many baseball cards at all, but I am so excited to welcome Ryan Fagan to the show. Ryan, thank you for joining me. How are you t- today, sir? I'm doing great. I'm I'm very much looking forward to this. And you know, the answer to how much junk wax is too much junk wax is when you have one shelf in your basement that you promised you're going to limit your cards to. And well, I like to keep most of my promises, but that one <laughs> I wasn't able to stick to. You're you're a collector after my own heart. Uh, my fiance bought me a T-shirt uh, last summer. I wore it to the national, and it just says, "I have too many baseball cards." said no one ever yeah so uh, i love that shirt so all right well, let's do this uh, i always like to start this with an icebreaker it's really simple i'll ask you four rapid fire type questions i uh, just want you to answer with the first quick thought that comes to your mind all right you ready ready to go all right what's your favorite major league park you've ever been to uh probably i mean look wrigley and fenway have special places but the ones that have really taken my breath away the first time I was there um, was was in Seattle and in San Francisco. And Seattle was the summer of Ichiro back in 20, 2001. Uh, and then, you know, it was Pac Bell at the time I went to San Francisco. But it's just, it's awesome. It's just awesome. Cool. I've never been to any of those West Coast parks, so I'd like to make a, a trip out there one day and, and visit them. also want to get to PNC. But, um, yes. All right. I think I know – the answer to this one, but what's your favorite junk wax era set? Oh, it's nineteen eighty-seven tops. You, you knew yeah. <laughs> eighty-seven Actually, tops, no doubt. Yeah, that that's mine. Uh, I thought you might say uh, upper deck though with the Griffey. So the, 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 the eighty-nine. Well, you deck. know what? And to be honest with you, the eighty-nine Griffey has always eluded me. I've never owned one. I've tried many times. 
Um, my favorite actual, just from purely enjoying this, the collecting of it from that era is the 93. I, I just, I just love that 93 upper deck set. The photography is, is, it's really, it, it's the best photography I've ever seen in any yeah. baseball card set ever. It's just, it's gorgeous. It's awesome. Yeah, that, that was a good set too. I love that one. All right. Question three, as a hall of fame voter, has there ever been a player that you were convinced should be in, but your fellow voters just didn't agree? There have been players I've been convinced deserve to stay on the ballot that didn't make it. Um, you know, I thought I really thought Johan Santana deserved to stay on the ballot to get to that five percent. You know, it turns out he only got like two point three percent, two point eight percent, something like that. And you know, to me, if, if we can put relievers with uh, you know a thousand innings in, we can't put a starting pitcher with with two thousand innings. And I just, especially a guy who has two Cy Youngs, the, did the things yeah. that he did and injuries just. Yeah, so that's maybe not exactly what you're asking, but that's the one that pops up to me that I, I voted for. Okay. I never got in. I just – or never even stayed on the ballot. That, that that still irks me a little bit. Yeah, that, that was what I was looking for, so thank you for that. I, yeah. I appreciate that. That's, that's interesting to know. All right, fourth one. You're at the ballpark. It's a seventh-inning stretch. You buying peanuts or Cracker Jacks? I was always a peanuts, peanuts kid growing up because that's what my dad – my dad ate, you know, it was, there was nothing more fun than being able to sit there in the, in the seat and crack open peanuts and just leave the shells on the floor. Now, like in <laughs> retrospect, I probably shouldn't have done that, but I didn't have my mom and dad telling me to clean stuff right. up, you know, that's um, part of the, that's part of the experience. It's part of being, yeah, a part, you man. know, just, you, you walk out and you've got peanut shell dust all over you. No, yeah. It's the, just, just the best. They taste better at the park too, for sure. Yeah. All right, man. Well, thank you for that. Thank you for indulging me with that. I just kind of like to do that to kind of get the get the juices flowing flowing a little bit. So, I'll lead off with the same question I've asked all my guests as as my first question, and that is, you know, I read your stuff in the sporting news, and you know, I read some of your tweets, and you know, we follow each other on Twitter. So, um, I know a little bit about what you like to collect. I know you you know yeah. we're, we're collectors of the same mindset, from what I can tell. Um, but I don't know that I know the backstory or the origin story of how you came to love the hobby in the first place. So are there any specific memories that really resonate with you from those early days that, that got Ryan in love with this hobby? It was, it was the 87 top set. You know, I think I had a couple of, maybe a couple of packs of 86 tops, but it was the 87 top set. I was, I was 11 years old when that came out. You know, that was, I grew up in St. Louis, so, you know, the Cardinals were pretty good back then, Whitey Ball. You know, one of my, one of my defining stories of my childhood collecting was, uh, my buddy Tom lived down the street, right, probably, I don't know, 15, 20 houses away, so we'd ride my bike down. And we'd ride our bike, you know, back when you did this, when you were 12 years old, you, you could ride your bike to the, the Ben Franklin, the dollar store, right, which was a couple miles away. And you'd come back and, you know, it saved up the $18 it would take to, to buy a box, um, wrote it back, went over to Tom's house. We opened up and this was in the winter. Um, and I remember I was riding back and I was trying to balance the box of cards with the ones that I had, you know, the good ones in one spot. Um, I was trying to balance it on the bike handles. Uh, why I didn't walk back is beyond <laughs> me. It was literally a two minute bike ride or a four minute walk, you know. Um, but I rounded the corner and there was this little dachshund, this little dog named Schnitzel. And it was very protective of its grunts on the corner. And Schnitzel would come out of nowhere and just, <laughs> rah, 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 rah. 
And I was so focused back and not dropping this, I forgot about Schnitzel. And Schnitzel came running out. And I <laughs> right? And the, the, the cards fell out and of course into the snow. Right? Oh wow. There were three of those Todd Worrell rookie tops gold cup cards. Oh yeah. Right. And in my mind those were worth like three or four bucks each and they all fell in the snow. Man. I came back. I was so mad. I was like, Mom, can we sue them? Because their dog made me drop these <laughs> baseball cards. And my mom and dad were just like, uh, yeah, no, that's that's not happening. <laughs> the the lady that lives there is very nice. We're not doing anything of the sort. So uh yeah, so that was you know, that my re- if you know, us if we're getting at the point of like when did I know I loved baseball cards, my reaction to three Todd Warrells getting dumped into the snow because of a dog, oh, that yeah. was that's that, that's pretty telling probably. That was a that was a travesty. No, that that set, I mean, you know I love that set. It, it that one yeah. is a it's got a special place to me. Um you know, I had twelve Mike Greenwells and I was gonna be rich. I was gonna retire yes. off those twelve Mike Greenwells, but you know that Eric Davis. It wasn't his rookie. But my God, that was a beautiful car. He's just so cool. Yeah, right? such just, a good uh, car. Yeah, I, yeah. I absolutely loved that set. So, yeah, uh, who, who were some of your favorite cards in the set? I was uh, I was a Will Clark fan. Yeah, you know, I thought that was that was a card. You know that there was something special about the A's cards from that set because you had Conseco and you had McGuire, but the Conseco the the green on the Conseco card was just awesome. It just yeah. stood out. The contrast to the wood grain borders was still, you know, even I, you know, I've, I've opened way too many packs of 87 tops in the last three years. Uh, and every time a Conseco pops out, you know, cause it's got that and it's got the little gold, you know, gold cup trophy. It's just the, the greatest, you know, so those were fun, but the, the best card was Bo. Yeah. Was the Bo Jackson. Yeah. It's to me, that's, that's my favorite card ever. That's the one I keep in my wallet. It's the one, you know, I pull out and take pictures of. And my wife just is like, "What are you just <laughs> doing?" And I was like, "I don't care," you know. Um, but that—that's just you know, with the future stars painted across, and you know, growing up in St. Louis, uh, you know, Bo was right across the state. You know, about a four-hour drive from where we live, three and a half hours to the ballpark. And I remember, you know, I had the Bo Jackson, you know, the the comic type T-shirt. Uh, we drove over to Kansas City to Kauffman Stadium, uh, basically just so I could watch Bo Jackson play. And we sat way up in the in the uh, in the upper deck. And you know, I don't know if you've ever been to Kauffman Stadium. It's the same way now. I feel like it's excessively steep. Like it's to the point. Uh, I'll say this: it's so steep that every time I stood up, my dad reached his arm out instinctively. You know, and I was, you know, twelve, fourteen year old boy at the time. Whenever we went. And you know, I would be like, I don't need, I don't need this help. But when he did that there, it was so steep. I was like, okay, that's a good idea. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not even going to argue with you trying to protect me. I'm not going to try to be too much of a, a macho kid. So, but yeah, so that's you know a, a long way to say that that you know, I like those other ones, but Bo was the pinnacle. He was the peak. He was. It's the, it's an iconic. The at the legend. Yeah. An iconic hobby card. I mean, it, it, it yeah. is one of the greatest cards ever. Just uh, did you have the Bo nose poster in your room? I didn't have that poster. You know, what's funny is like the posters I had in my room were, as much as I love baseball, they were like Jordan. You know, they were like that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think I did have a Will Clark one, the one where he's standing there and he like, he's hitting the baseball and the ball's exploding, something Mm -hmm. like that. I had that one there. 
But yeah, the Jordan one's the one that I remember as yeah, far as the posters in the in the background. That's me. I had all Jordan, and I did have the forty-four Magnum Eric Davis with the desk yeah. and the and and the the forty-four Magnum there. That was, uh, but the rest were, were Jordan. I was a baseball fan, baseball collector, but there was something about Jordan. All right, so what what's your collection look like today? I know I, I see that you still love the junk wax. Yeah, I I still love junk wax. You know, I I still buy singles. I do the career chases of of the players that I loved from my childhood that I didn't have enough money or access to those cards back then that I can now go back and and do right. those career chases. But what's what does your collecting look like today? Do you do any modern? Do you do any ultra modern? Are you still strictly, you know, doing doing it the way you've done it all along? Yeah, you know, I don't I don't talk about it much on Twitter because it's not as fun, but I, I do enjoy collecting the modern cards. And I you know I kinda um i've basically got two collections when i when i got back into the hobby which it was was pre-pandemic it was probably in 2019 jason foster the baseball editor sporting news and i we started this little short-lived youtube uh show called opening day where we were like like we bought a pat or we, you know we had work by a box of like 85 top cello when we opened those uh it was an 89 upper deck box and i remember we got no Griffies, but we got like six Carlos Quintana you know, star rookies. And I was like, ah, something's fishy here. And we even bought it from like the baseball card exchange. So it, theoretically it was, it was legit. Um, but, you know, so I still have a lot of that. And then, and I, I went back through, cause you know, in 2019 and 2020, you could still buy junk wax boxes for five bucks a piece. Yeah. Right. So I would try it on eBay. Like I remember like the 93 upper deck boxes, I bought three for $5 total, right? And the shipping was 10. So like, you know, and in that time I, I bought pretty much one of everything except for the expensive ones. I didn't buy a 90 leaf or anything like that, but of all the cheap ones I bought it. And I, so I worked through it and that was a lot of fun from basically 87 through 92, 93, pretty much one of every box that wasn't crazy. Um, but I, I do collect a lot of the the modern stuff now, and and to be honest with you, it's it's a lot of like buying to sell, right? It's kind of the fun of buying low on eBay and trying to find you know to find a deal and sell it. So you know part and part of it too is like I've got to finance the junk the junk wax as well, you know, because it's not five dollars a box anymore. No, no. So you have to to try to fi- figure out a way to kind of. Um, subsidize that a little bit so yeah it's really two very separate collections um they both probably take up an an equal amount of space on my desk Uh, i'm not going to show you my desk right now because it's embarrassing but there are way more cards on here than there should be there's very little room uh, for anything else and i have to be very careful not to knock my desk because if i were to jar it with my leg it would be just a disaster I think we all have a similar a similar situation. You, you can yeah. you can't see the 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 mess that's that's around me, but I, I do something similar. You know, if you look behind me, you'll see all the Rod Carew, the Fergie Jenkins. That that entire bookshelf back there is all Rod Carew. Um, do a lot of Tony Gwynn, um, J.R. Richard stuff like that. But I do buy modern. Um, yeah, I don't buy the 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 really really high end, but I always buy flagship. I always buy Stadium Club. Um, yeah. I get really excited pulling the retired vets from the the junk wax era, uh, yeah. And I 
if I get a big hit of a modern player, I usually sell it on eBay to help finance buying more so I can pull the Jackie Robinsons and the Rod Carews and the Eric Davis out of the new stuff. You know, I, I do like the new stuff, but, um, and there's just something about opening packs and, and opening those yeah. fresh packs. And you can't go, you know, really, I mean, you can go to the LCS and, and get some junk wax, but it's it's not as, as readily available. And there's just something about the adrenaline and, and, and the fun that takes you back to that childhood memory of opening that pack and, and looking for the hit. So I don't think I'll ever give that up, but you know, so I'm like you, I still have two very distinct collections. Cause it's, it's still the, like you bring up the rush. It's still the same rush, right? Yeah. When you were, when I, when I was, you know, 15 years old and I opened a pack of 89 Donruss and I got a Griffey or a Tom Gordon, it's the same rush now as if you're opening a, you know, pack of, you know, series two tops flagship and you get, you know, uh, an Anthony Volpe or Jordan Walker or whatever. It's the same rush. It's a different level. Right. right. But it's the same rush that it's, it's, you're getting the new rookie and that, you know, it's, it, it's such a different world, but it's the same essential element. I think. Yeah, it absolutely is. Um, well, you know, speaking of junk wax packs and, you know, you said you bought them for three for five dollars in 2019, and um, I think you still buy them because you do something that I think is really cool, and I'd like you yeah. to tell us about it. And that's your packs at the ballpark. So what's okay. that all about? Yeah, you know, it, it started out like because I'm from St. Louis, and I I had moved away. I lived in Charlotte for ten years. That's where I met my wife, and was there. And I kind of basically um, split my my work life between covering college basketball in the winter um, and through like the, the NCAA tournament and then covering baseball the the, re- the other half of the year, you know, and, and Charlotte's a great place for college hoops, you know, cause I mean, I, I basically lived up in the triangle at Duke and right. Carolina and state and all the, 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 the mid majors in North Carolina are amazing. I, I would just go on my own uh, to watch those games, even if I wasn't writing. Um, but I would come back, for I basically picked the best homestand that the Cardinals had, the best like three week or a month, stay with my folks. And I, I wasn't about the Cardinals, it was about who's here, you know, are the Dodgers here for a certain right. Phillies, whatever. Um, so I would come back and so I got to know a lot of the media folks here. And so when I moved back to St. Louis, um, I was like, I'm gonna bring a box of junk wax because at this point they kind of knew that I was doing it on Twitter and whatnot. Um, and so I brought a, I brought a box and I brought way too much. And so I handed out packs. I think it was 88 dollars to everyone in the, in the press box. And, and I had a bunch left over cause I'd bought two, I brought two boxes and I was like, you know what? I bet some fans would like this. Right. So I just took a picture of some of the packs and I said, Hey, if you're here and you want a free pack, just let me know. You know, and the response was pretty quick, you know, cause people were like, Oh, Hey, you know, and a lot of those St. Louis media members that I knew, uh, they retweeted it, right? Because the the Venn diagram of the my right. followers and car people over at Bush Stadium wasn't very big, but you know, and it was just like the joy of seeing these people open these packs, and then they would tweet at me what they got, and I'd retweet it, and it was just a lot of fun. And I was like, I was like, I guess I'm doing this now, right? <laughs> so I basically have. Um, every game, and I don't, I don't go to every, uh, every Cardinals home game, like not even close. Um, and I'll probably go out of the 81 home games. I'll be there for, I'll be there pregame for interviews for 60 of them. And I'll stay for 
40 of them, something like that. So for all those games, I'd make sure I bring packs and I'll always take a picture and tweet it out and say, you know, if you want to pack, just let me know. And I started bringing some like, um, some like base cards of like the newer players for Cardinals and for whatever team is there. Because a lot of the times, you know, a kid would open a pack and I'd see him open a pack and they like, they had no idea who any of those people were. Right. Right. So now it's like, well, you get the pack and you can have, you know, this Nolan Arnado. Like when the angels were here a couple weeks ago, I brought some Shohei Otani, you know, base cards. Right. So I gave those away too, but it's just, it's just so much fun. And that's the thing I love, I love, love, love about like the hobby is it just, it's this connection point. You know exactly what I'm talking about, but that's what his, that's what lured me in right away. That's what's kept me doing it. And, you know, it's just to be able to share something with this completely other random person, even if it's just for a moment to be able to, it sounds, but if you're giving somebody a, a moment of happiness, right. And it's not like I'm doing anything, right. It's a, 35 cent pack of cards who cares but it's just that you know that little thing you can share with this person and they get a smile and i get a smile and it's it's just cool you know so yeah yeah, so that was uh, you know i moved back in october of 19 planning on starting it starting to go to the games in 2020 but with the pandemic i didn't go to a single game all year because our company policy was that you had to get tested like before and after every event you went, I was like, well, I'm not going to do, I'm not right. going to do that for every, so anyway, so it was 2021 when it started, um, opening day 2021. And then, yeah, there've been a couple games where I forgot, and this will tell you a lot about me too, that I've forgotten to bring my little box of cards, but I have junk wax packs in my car. So I would just <laughs> bring those. Right. And so I would be, I would be covered if anybody wanted one. So that's so cool, though. I mean, and you know that the the name of this podcast is People Over Cards, and I started that yeah. because that's what it is to me. It's about the community, and you know, if if you're listening out there and you've listened to my prologue and my first couple of episodes, I promise I'm not going to tell the same stories every time. But I, you know, I need to lead into this with, you know, I'm going to segue into something else that you do that is along these same lines. And the reason I started this podcast was a simple tweet that I made about three years ago about a memory I had of one of my childhood experiences with cards. And I didn't have a whole lot of followers. And that tweet just took off. I got more responses and more replies than I had followers. Right. (laughs) And people were just. Oh, I, it, they were telling their story and this person would tell their story and they were sharing this picture and they were sharing this picture and it just hit home. It just resonated. So I saw you say something. And if you don't mind, I'm just going to read what, what you said. You were, you were talking sure. about a tweet that you did on some random Friday night in February of 2020. You'd been opening a pack of, of cards with your eight, then 18 month old daughter. Right. Yeah. And you were opening a pack of, of junk wax and you lined them up and you took a picture of of all the cards that were in the pack and you tweeted it out and you were just like, tell me, tell me your favorite story about one of these, about one of these people, one one of these players on the card. And then you wrote almost instantly story after story, mostly about people's personal interactions with the players. It was telling at least to me that there were more replies about Billy Hatcher and Milt Thompson than hall of famers, Ken Griffey Jr. And Carlton Fisk. And that was really cool. That's the connection we have with baseball. Yeah. 
And to me, that's the connection we have with the hobby, right? And with each other. So that tweet inspired you, didn't it? The, the, the reaction to that tweet. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like literally just listening to you say that I'm, I'm getting chills all over again, like the very first time. Cause I just remember, and it was, what was so cool is I, you know, I started doing it pretty much right away. You know, I mean, instantly I was like, Oh, I'm, I think this is, this is struck a chord. So, and it was cool because like, it, it sounds dumb, but I was brought to tears several times. Cause like, you know, I have a picture of a, like a random, like a Rob deer and they'd be like, Oh, the last game I ever went to with my dad, Rob Deere hit a three run home run, you know? So that's when I see Rob Deere, I think of my dad, right? Like that kind of like personal stuff that just, yeah, it just, there's just, there's just so much more to it. And I think that's part of, you know, what we miss a lot of in everyday life these days is those, those moments. And it's, it's not just hearing the stories, but it's the ability to share those stories right that really kind of yeah it just gets you right in the feels you know and it's just it's cool and especially you know with everything that's happened the last couple years you know like that that pack of the day that that i would do you know during the pandemic was literally sometimes the best the only good thing that had happened that day because you'd see all this other news about you know death totals and all this stuff and it was just you know let's just let's just have this one little thing that makes you feel good yeah. about people and there was so much of it that's what was really cool too i i look forward to it every day i love it uh the other day you did a pack and it was uh it was score and you got an eric davis and the eric davis tim reigns together and i was like yes. that's the best pack ever i love that pack <laughs> uh I, I look forward to it every single day i love it and i know you do too and i like seeing the, the stories that other people tell because there's times and i'm looking at all i go and i look at every card and i'm like ah I don't really have a story about any of those. You had a Brett Butler one day, and I remember being like eight or nine in the outfield of Riverfront Stadium, and the two dudes next to me were heckling him and heckling him. And he kept turning around with his glove hiding and flipping them off. And I didn't know he was flipping them off. I was too young. I thought he was flipping me off. And I was like, I hated that guy for the, re- <laughs> for the rest of his career because that's all I remembered was my first interaction with him, was, was him you know, flipping me the bird. Um, you know, I, I really look forward to that every day. And I think a lot of people do too. It's just, uh, yeah. so keep on doing that, man. It's, um, uh, I'm running a little bit it. low. I, I gotta be honest. I'm running a little bit low on some of the supplies, <laughs> but you know, a couple of months ago I found there was a, another local car shop here that had a bunch of $10 boxes. So I was like, Hey, I'm back in business for a while too. So we'll see what we can do about getting, getting you some, we'll try to look for some good <laughs> deals for you too. So all right. Well, we mentioned a couple of times you're writing. You've talked about covering the Cardinals. You've talked about covering college basketball uh, in the winters. You know, I mentioned you're the national baseball writer for the Sporting News. And that's a publication yep. I read religiously as a child because yeah. it always had the best and most comprehensive stats. You know, I'd yeah. get the local newspaper every day and it would have, you know, it would have the, the stats page. But, man, that Sporting News was just like I was a stats geek. I love math. I love reading baseball card backs, but those only came out once a year. But I could get that sporting news, and I could, and I could, I could get all the stats I ever wanted. But so I go to the sporting news, and I go to your page that has all of your um, your columns on it, and you know I scroll through there, and I see Jacob Degrom's injury, uh, Major League Baseball power rankings, managers on the hot seat. There's a couple of Otani articles on there recently. Yeah, uh, all headlines you would expect to see from the national baseball writer for the sporting news, uh, but intermingled in those at regular intervals are articles on the hobby. 
Yeah. Yeah. So is that something you went to your bosses at TSN and you pitched it and you said, we need to do this? Or did they come to you and say, hey, this is a hot hobby. You're our card guy. Won't you write these articles? How did how did that come to come to be? A little bit of both. You know, early on, um, I had to push hard to get anything that was, that was baseball card related. But the thing is, is every time I did something, it it, it did it did it got numbers, it got interactions, um, it got engagement, it started conversations. So it was it was a rare thing I went to, but it would it would do well. And then during the pandemic, when there wasn't as much action, we were looking for other things to do. So you know there were some stories that came out of that. And you know that's another thing about the um, the pack of the day is it's been an incredible source of stories like unbelievable like i would say of the of my favorite 10 stories that i've written in the past 4 years seven of them are a direct result of a pack of the day somebody saying something like one of them was you know somebody there was a glenn bragg's card in there and it made a, a comment about when he swung and missed and broke the bat over yeah. his shoulder. Well, and that turned into like me doing an oral history of the most famous swing and miss in World Series history that didn't end a game. You know, and I talked to like 15 people for him. And like Glenn Braggs and I are Facebook friends now, right? Like that That's happened amazing. because of, yeah, like it's just, it's just crazy the way it did. But anyway, to your point, um, then so I'd do a couple more, but I tried not to push it with too many things. Um, and then this last, uh, this year, we decided to try to make them more, more regular. Um, and the goal was going to be to do it one a week, but you know, it, it's sometimes tough to push stuff out as much as you want to, because there's other things going on. So it's just kind of like a semi-regular column, uh, basically about anything want to talk about yeah yes oh and there's lots of there's lots of stuff that is in the hop right i've got i've got some pretty good stories from major league baseball players about collecting that i just haven't gotten around to writing yet but yeah there's some there's some fun things that's that's going to be coming over the next couple months i can't wait to read them i you know i read every one of them Uh, i was fortunate enough to give you a little insight the the one on ebay you wrote uh not uh not too long ago so um, I was going to ask you, I had it in my show notes to kind of ask where you got your inspiration. So you've already, you've already answered yeah. that. So, um, I can check that one off the list, but when I, I really got to get to on the topic of those articles, yeah. I've got to ask you about the most recent one that we read. Um, here's the story of my new hero, man. Uh, <laughs> you, you my, get a story too. about a, a man named Greg Poole in Southern Illinois, um, that, it's just amazing. And yeah. talk about people over cards. This yeah. man's story was, was unbelievable. So can you tell us um, about your experience visiting him and writing it and what, the, what his story is? Yeah. So Greg is a guy, he, um, he's 38, he lives in um, Southern Illinois, a small town. And it's a town that it's, it's directly on my route from St. Louis to Charlotte. So I've driven past his town more times than I can count over the past, you know, 12, 14 years. Um, and he's got a little shop, a little baseball card shop um, that he opened a couple years ago. And, but for the past 20 years, he's basically sold baseball cards. He's, he buys baseball cards with his own money 
he sells baseball cards on eBay, on Facebook, does trades, all these things. Now he's got the shop and every penny that he makes and not, and I don't think I hammered this home enough, but it's not the profits. It's every penny he makes from selling cards. He told me, it's like, I got the worst business model ever. I use my own money and put none of it back in. Right. But he uses it to help his community in Southern Illinois. And when I, you know, like I first heard of him, I think he tagged me in this little video because somebody had tagged him. I don't know exactly how the first connection was made. Um, and I reached out to him on you know, Twitter DM and I was like, Hey, I'm interested, you know, let's, let's, let's talk. And then, you know, things came up. I think that was right before the, I went to Phoenix for the world baseball classic. So it kind of got pushed back into the back burner. And then when I came back, I saw something else he'd done and I was like, Oh yeah, let's, let's do this now. But it's one of those things that almost seemed a little too good to be true. Right. And I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm very skeptical by nature and I'm hesitant to do anything that says, Hey, look at this great person without knowing the person. Right. Because I know scenarios and I'm not going to bring them up. I know scenarios with some people in the hobby. And I don't want to say they're looking for public publicity, but they kind of are. Right. And I don't want to yeah. do, I don't want to do that. So because he's about two hours away, I was like, you know what, let's, I'm not going to promise anything, but I'll go down. Let's, let's meet, let's talk. And I was, I was blown away. Like he, he completely undersold his impact on the community. Like I talked to uh, the guy who at the time was the mayor elect, um, who's now the mayor uh, of, of his town. And, you know, he just kind of told me about all these things that Greg does. And, you know, he, he helps and in his words, he helps out with an assisted living community. He doesn't help out. He basically, <laughs> he does everything for these people and it's all out of the money he makes from, from selling baseball cards and selling memorabilia and all these different things. And, you know, so I went over there and I talked to them and like, they just couldn't stop talking about him and all these things that he does, you know, like the jewelry that he had, he asked for donations of jewelry and they were like, Oh yeah, that'd be cool. Our, you know, our, our residents could, you know, they'd like a necklace or two. And Greg delivered like eight tables full of jewelry. And I put the video in there. Cause like they're, they're full. Like their, their tables are full of jewelry. Like my desk is full of baseball cards. Right. You know, there's not any extra room there. You know, he does ice cream days at there and he does, uh, it's just, he does so many things. And there's, there's, there's not a, an ounce of self selfishness there. Right. And there's not an ounce of, of anything other than how can I help these people? And he winds up doing everything. Like if anybody has a, a, a need, they ask him and people know to ask him and he'll get it done. He, he told me, he's like, I don't need to know the why. You know, if you need help, I'm in. I don't need to know the why. I'm just going to do this. So, yeah. So meeting Greg was just was really eye opening. I got I got back. Um, the next day and I messaged my editor and I was like, okay, this story is different than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> right. Like, cause it was going to be, you know, a little 700 word, the hobby life column. And I was like, yeah, this is, this is no. And I told them all the stuff and, you know, and they were like, oh yeah. And to their credit, my editor and then my um, uh, person above him, they were all in. They're like, take the time, do it, do this like you need to do. And um, the re the response to Greg on Twitter was awesome. 
Yeah. I mean, just, it was just, it was just great. I mean, it really, like every time I'd see another, like, you know, quote tweet or something, it just really almost brought tears in my eyes the whole day that it came out. It was just seeing the people respond to him and who he is. Um, yeah. I mean, he's really just a, a special, special person. I tell you, it moved me. I, I read it. I immediately had my fiance read it. Um, one of my best friends in the hobby, Eric Hecker, he runs the rack of the day. Uh, I, I reached out to him. Uh, he's like, that man's my new hero. <laughs> um, and you know, we, we got together and sent him, sent him some supplies he needed. You That's know, awesome. yeah. And also, I don't know, do you know, Jimmy Mahan runs Kentucky, Kentucky roadshow cards. I don't know him personally, but yeah, he does so much good that people will never, ever, ever know. Doesn't look for any, he doesn't look for any publicity at all. He does things that you can't imagine. Um, I kind of got those two hooked up. Jimmy's got a oh, lot of, awesome. yeah, he's got a lot of resources. Um, so I reached out to Jimmy and said, you need to, you need to contact this guy. And I reached out to Greg and said, Hey, uh, this guy's going to contact you. You need to talk to him. So hopefully those two together will be a powerful force awesome. of good in this hobby. So, um, yeah, just an amazing story. I will link the story in the show description. Uh, so if you're listening here and you want to read it, it is worth the read. I promise you. And I'll link that story in the show description. So, man, thank you for writing that story. Thank you for introducing <laughs> him to us uh, in the hobby. Um, just an amazing guy. And like you said, you just talked for five or six minutes on it and you didn't, you didn't cover a 10th of what that article right. was about. And there was videos in there and it's just truly amazing. The selflessness and how he uses the power of this hobby and the power of his love of cards and turns that into helping anyone and everyone around him. It was just, just an amazing story. So I, I really, really appreciate you bringing that to our attention. So, um, Speaking of another cool feel-good story that you wrote, um, I've kind of got a little story that I I didn't even realize when it was happening that you had written a story about it. So you wrote an article a couple of years ago on Mini Lee Ogles. Do you remember Mini Lee Ogles? Oh, oh God, Mini's Minnie's another one that came out of a response to a pack of the day. But yeah, no, Mini Lee is uh, just yeah. and Mike. You know, her grandson is just um, yeah, awesome. Yeah. Is one of, that's one of my that's one of my short list of my all time favorite things to write about. Yeah. So if you're listening and you don't know who Minnie Lee Ogles is, she was a grandma who was a huge Cincinnati Red super fan. And she kept her own scorebook by hand in a notebook for every Reds game for two decades. And she had her own system. And it wasn't grid paper. It was lined notebook paper. She, she was meticulous and detailed and never missed a game. Um, so that's Minnie Lee. Well, so I got a two-part story about this. So the first one – way tangential and you might be like where's this guy going <laughs> but about six weeks ago i just moved to louisville kentucky in november so it was over the winter and it was cold um but spring had sprung and it had gotten warm and i had my kids out i got 12 and 13 year old boys and we were driving around the neighborhood and we drove past one of these little summertime only ice cream shacks you know just a little wooden building that's oh yeah yeah that, that's only open for the summer months and we drove by and there was a line of people, 20 people deep, people, you know, and I was like, there's no way this place is not good. So we, right. we parked and we got in line. So while we were in line, I took a picture of the front of the place with the line of people and I tweeted it. And I said, there's no place. There's no chance this is not good. Um, 
so we we went and we got our ice cream and our shakes and stuff and and it was really good so i tell you that to preface the mini oval story so episode one of people over cards i had ivan lovegren on here yeah yeah and ivan and i were talking about collections pcs that were inspired by our parents so he was talking about his and then i told my story of how i collect devin mezzarocco as a tribute nice. to my mom you know she she was his biggest super fan ever and she passed away and then after she passed away i started collecting his cards so i told that story to ivan and you know went on about my business and a few days later i get a twitter dm from this guy that said hey i just listened to your podcast and i loved your story <laughs> about your mom and Devin Mezzarocco. It reminded me so much of my grandmother. And it was Mike. And he That's had listened awesome. to the podcast and he was telling me about Minnie Lee and, and you know her keeping the scorecards. And so we talked about that a little bit. And then he says, by the way, I saw your tweet a few weeks ago. I live right around the corner from that ice cream shop. Why don't we meet <laughs> up and I'll let you go through her scorebooks and we can just talk cards oh and gosh. we can talk the hobby. And I was like, man, what a small world and what an yeah. awesome thing. So absolutely, he and I, we've been messaging back and forth. He's a teacher and he just got out for summer. So within a couple of weeks, probably we're going to meet at that ice cream shop and he's going to bring grandma's score books. And we're just going to sit. Need you, and, I might and talk. need you to send me an invite. I might, I yeah. might join you. All. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it was it's so this. awesome. It was so cool. I, I just like this is I love this hobby. I love people yeah. and I love the connections. And it, it is just about, you know, the cards are what bring us together. But then once we're together, it's it's conversations yeah. like you and I are having and that DM I got from Mike. And I, I just, I, I love it. I love it so much. So, well, Ryan, man, I've enjoyed this. I could talk baseball and hobby with you all night. <laughs> I, I'll probably invite you back sometime in, in the future if yeah. you come back, man. Uh, I, I could talk to you forever, but I think we probably do need to be wrapping this one up. So just. Thank you so much. I mean, yeah, I, been, I really have truly enjoyed it. So is there yeah, anything I should have asked you that, that I didn't just cause I didn't know any better. I, you could ask me about the Kentucky Wichita state game that I covered the, the oh, greatest did you game. Cover that one. Yeah, I was there. Yeah. Yeah. That was, were you beside his wife? No, no. <laughs> no, but that was, that, that was, you know, I, I've, I've been lucky enough to cover a lot of NCAA tournament games, a lot of upsets. I've seen two 15s over twos. I've seen – I was there for um, Virginia losing as a one seed to Ooh. UMBC. But that – the quality of that Kentucky-Wichita State game as a 1-8 game. Yeah, 1-8. Yeah. It's just like, – I, I feel bad for Wichita State, right, because they ran into just a team that had no business being an 8 seed. Um, but yeah, just like that was, that's one of my short list of the greatest, like the highest quality games I've ever seen. And that was a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, maybe next time we can talk about that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was a great run that, that Kentucky team started yeah. off the year so bad by the yeah. end, they were playing like a two got that eight and you know, they, they yeah. were a buzzsaw all the way through to the national championship game. But yeah, that was an awesome yeah. game. So, all right, man. Well, well, thank you again for joining me. Uh, and as always, I want to thank you, the listener. If you enjoyed learning more about Ryan and his hobby journey and all the cool stuff he does, make sure to give him a follow on Twitter. That's at MyJunkWax. And go bookmark his column on the Sporting News. I'll also link that in the show description. So if you enjoyed this, give this podcast a follow on whatever uh, platform that, that you're listening. That's the best way you can help this grow. 
So I'll be back next week with a new guest. I hope you'll be back as well. Until then, this is Che wishing you happy collecting.